When we go to the airport, we willingly put our belongings, including electronics, on the belts so they can be viewed electronically. We allow transit agents to search through our bags if we're pulled aside, and we even allow a physical pat-down. That's if we want to get on our flights. But is there a difference with cell phones or other electronic devices? The American Civil Liberties Union says there is, and it's urging the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals to require the government to obtain a warrant before agents can search travelers' cell phones or other electronic devices at airports. Joining me are George Newhouse, a partner at Denton's and a former federal prosecutor, and Oren Kerr, a professor at George Washington University Law School and a former federal prosecutor. So, George, tell us what happened in this case. Well, Mr. Cole suits the... Uh the defendant, uh, is a Turkish citizen, was visiting the United States in 2016 on a tourist visa, but apparently also had a, a great interest in exporting firearms from the United States. To do that, of course, requires a license from the State Department because those items are on the munitions list. So he was under investigation by federal agents as he was preparing to leave the country. Uh, and as he went down the, uh, the, the gangway, he was stopped and searched by... Uh, agents. Um, and of course, that's subject to what's called the border exception. Uh, when you're entering or leaving the United States, um, the, there is a very broad exception to, generally to the Fourth Amendment, which allows agents to search your handbag. They, they pulled out his, his cell phone. Uh, and of course, in his bags, which have been checked, uh, were numerous firearms. Um, on his cell phone, they did a manual search, which is to say they will look through his text messages and other information. Um, and then they sent the, the phone after he was arrested because they discovered the firearms. Uh, uh, a week later, uh, they discovered, uh, using a very extensive technology called Cellbrite, they basically pulled all the data off his, his cell phone. And the issue really was the district court uh, granted the motion to suppress on the basis of a Fourth Amendment violation. Uh, the court said that it was okay to do the manual search. Uh, but the court ruled that um, more extensive uh, cause and a warrant would be required before they could basically search the contents of the cell phone, and that's what um, is now up at the uh, uh, for review at uh, at the fourth the fourth circuit. Oren, what was the argument of the ACLU to the fourth circuit? So uh, the ACLU was just an amicus in the case. It was mostly the defendant, Colzer himself, who was making the argument, but. They argued that uh, a warrant should be required when searching a computer uh, as it crosses the border for the same reason that a warrant is required when searching uh, a cell phone or computer uh, incident to arrest. There was a 2014 case called Riley versus California, which said that there are special rules for computer cell phone searches uh, making an arrest. Ordinarily, the government doesn't need a warrant to search someone's pockets when they arrest someone, but they do need a warrant to search their cell phones under this 2014 case. Uh, and the argument of the defendant and the ACLU uh, in the Colzo's case was that that same reasoning should apply in the border search exception. So maybe the government you know, doesn't need cause, doesn't need suspicion to uh, search your physical items, but they should need a warrant to search uh, your cell phone or your, physical, your, or your laptop when you cross the border. And George, what was the government's argument? The government relied upon a Ninth Circuit case uh, that actually we talked about several years ago on the show, U.S. versus Cotterman, uh, which involved a similar situation. In this case, the, the defendant was coming into the United States, as you recall, and the um, at the border checking point, they took his phone and his computer. 
uh, and did an extensive search hundreds of miles away from the border. It took weeks. Um, and uh, the government's position there and here is that at the border, uh, it's, it's an exception to the Fourth Amendment requirement of a warrant. They don't need suspicion. They don't need a warrant. Uh, and there is broad, if indeed unlimited, authority, the government argued. And so why this case is important is you have Cotterman, uh, and as uh, Mr. Professor Kerr points out, Riley versus California now, the 2014 decision, uh, seems to go the other direction. The Supreme Court is saying, hey, look, there's something unique about cell phones, the smartphones really, uh, tremendous amount, for, frankly, your entire life's history can be uh, wrapped up in these machines. So the real issue is um, uh, whether the Cotterman decision is going to be cut back. Or in a Judge J. Harvey Wilkinson III said it's unrealistic to expect border agents to be able to have individualized suspicion and to obtain a warrant in every case when there are thousands of people, while Judge Pamela Harris said she's concerned the government could use this unbridled exception to search travelers based on nothing more than a hunch. Which, which, do you, which side do you agree with? Well, I, I think this case was probably not the best test case for the ACLU to challenge border searches for computers, because in this particular case, we had somebody who was a foreign national exiting the U.S., was being stopped for export violations. They searched the phone as part of that, uh, you know, as it's crossing the border at at the airport, they they stop, grab the phone and search it, uh, looking for evidence of the export violations. And in fact, they find key evidence that shows that it was a willful violation, part of the government's duty to, to prove to, to prove the crime. This was not a great test case for the ACLU. Uh, this wasn't a case of just a U.S. citizen who happens to be crossing the border and the government grabs their machine and looks through it and finds evidence of you know some political dissent or something like this. This was a case of pretty clear government interest. Under, under the cases that are currently existing, it's pretty clear, I think, the government wins. The ACLU and the defense were arguing for a pretty significant shift in the law. They may get that shift in the law in some future case. I really doubt they're going to get it here. Well, George, the ACLU has also filed a federal lawsuit on behalf of 10 American citizens and a lawful permanent resident who had no criminal record and nothing was found. Uh, will this? What do you think of this case success and perhaps that case? Well, it, it's, it's, it's hard to know whether the, the individuals in that other case, of course, will be found to have standing. Um, uh, but uh, clearly, Mrs. Colson has standing. And I don't think the Supreme Court has ruled on this unusual application of, um, of Riley and the, the, the U.S. versus Cotterman situation, which is the extent and breadth of a, of a border search. I do agree that the facts aren't the best for the ACLU in this one and that this guy was, you know, pretty much caught red-handed. Uh, but um, I could see the Supreme Court, because remember, all the justices of the Supreme Court, I can assure you, have smartphones. They travel. They go in and out of the country. Uh, and when justices are able to, if you will, um, empathize with uh, individual liberties, uh, that's when they, they tend to come down on the side of, uh, of the Fourth Amendment. So I could see, if this, particularly this case went up to the Supreme Court, I can see some new law being made that will, I predict, impose some restrictions, even at the border, with respect to um, uh, unbridled searches 
uh, of, of smartphones. Well, you know we have you on tape. And we know the cell phone cases, there are going to be more and more coming. I want to thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's George Newhouse, a partner at Denton's, and Oren Kerr, a professor at George Washington University Law School. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We'll be back Monday at 1 p.m. Wall Street time. Thanks to our producer, David Sutcherman, our technical director, Chris Tricomi. Coming up, Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson. Corey. 10 seconds. What do you have coming? We had a monstrous day of tech earnings. We're going to break it down and see whose numbers were real. Maybe some that weren't. Oh, sounds very interesting and follows up on something we did. This is Bloomberg.